0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast and as always I'm your host, Teresa Heath-Waring. This week, I am coming to you live from Nashville in the United States. I am really pleased to be over here doing a bit of work, but also visiting a very dear friend of mine who's going to be featuring on the podcast soon. And it's so nice to have a bit of time out and relax and be in a different space. So we're trying to desperately juggle work and also enjoying ourselves a little bit. So funnily enough, I've just been down Broadway, I think I said that right, which is where all the bars and all the music is, and we had one gin and tonic, and I was like, okay, if I'm going to record a podcast today, we need to stop drinking right now, and I need to head back, and let's do this podcast, and then maybe we can go back out again. So we're trying to juggle both, which is always a bit tricky, but it's definitely um, definitely worth doing and being able to have a trip somewhere. Now, I wanted to mention something. If you're not on my email list, I want you to get yourself over to teresaheathwaring.com and make sure you sign up to my newsletter because something happened on this trip, which I wrote about in last week's email. So every Wednesday I write you an email and it's always different content and it's always things that you can't normally find anywhere else. But last week we had such an interesting story because something happened. So I'm really quickly going to relive it here with you. So basically, We had got this trip planned for quite some time. And I had planned to write my Wednesday email while I was at the airport, while I was sat in the first class lounge. And I was going to be talking about manifestation and how I felt that using manifestation, I had managed to organize this trip where I could fly first class, which was always on my list. It's on my goals, it's on my vision board. And I was so excited to tell you the least, like, honestly, I was really excited that we we're going to fly first class, never done it before, managed to do it on points. So obviously didn't have to spend the amount of money that you'd normally have to spend, but literally I'd visualized every single step of going first class. So arriving at Heathrow airport, going through the first class check-in, going and sitting in the first class lounge, what it'd be like to be welcomed onto the plane and turn left and you get the picture. So anyway, we get to the airport and bearing in mind, I've been to the States a lot. We probably come here four-ish times a year. And I got to the airport and we go to the check-in. I'm all very excited because it's first class. And the lady says to me, uh, are you traveling on Estas or visas? And I very confidently, because I've traveled to the States loads, we fly on Estas. So Esther is a type of visa and you have to have one if you're from the UK to get into the States. And she looked again and she was like, "Uh, we just don't have one on file for you. And I was thinking, what do you mean? Like I literally flew back in March and it's valid and it's all fine. And then I remembered I had actually changed my passport because my married name is different to the name I use for business. And I wanted to get my passport in obviously my official name. And I changed my passport and then hadn't updated my Esther. And it hadn't even occurred to me that I had to update it or change it. And honestly, this sudden realization and horrendousness came over me where I had the biggest knot in my stomach. I thought I was going to cry. I thought I was going to be sick because basically when you apply for an Esther, it can take 72 hours. So even if I applied there and then, there was a fair chance I wasn't getting on that flight. This first class flight that I dreamed of and felt like I had worked my way to manifesting wasn't going to happen. And I literally had a couple of options, fall down, break down, cry, be like a complete, you know, act slightly babyish and lose my mind over it or breathe deep, realize that I can't control that situation. And all I can do is what I can do. So basically, my husband and I went and sat down in the first class checking in bit because we weren't even allowed through. Like, you're not even allowed into the lounge. We filled in the application. Honestly, it felt like the longest half an hour of my life trying to fill this in. Everything just felt hard and difficult. And, but I was trying really hard to be calm and breathe. And then we filled in, and the lady came back over and was like, How have you got on? And we were like, We filled it in. It's just a case of waiting. And that's where I, took on all the learnings I've used over the past 12, 18 months about being calm and breathing and realizing that the only thing I can have any effect on in that situation is me and how I manage myself. So anyway, we sat there for a bit. My husband went off to the bathroom and a bit of a wander around because basically there was nothing we could do. And I'm sat there every two minutes checking my application. And I looked down and it said approved. And honestly, I don't even think it was half an hour until they approved it which was amazing and I went over to the woman at the desk so excited like oh my god look it's approved and she looked and checked her end and it had and she checked us in and she was like you were so lucky She, like, I can't honestly say she goes that is crazy quick doesn't normally happen and before we knew it, we were back through and, and heading to the first class lounge. And the flight was amazing, by the way. So if you do ever get the opportunity to go first class, it really is an experience worth trying. But yeah, it was just the fact of I was so proud of myself for not losing it and not getting angry and not getting upset, which I totally would have done maybe six months ago. I I just thought, you know, OK, if this, this has happened, there's nothing I can do about it. What on earth can I now do other than... Maintain my own mood and be calm in myself. So that's what I did. So, anyway, I talked about that on my email. So, if you're not on the list, definitely get on there. Also, before we get on to, with today's content, I announced last week. So, I want to remind you again that I am doing a masterclass, a live masterclass, three of them, in fact, at different times. So, no matter what time zone you're in, I'm hoping there is a time that's going to suit you well. And if you go to teresaheathwaring.com forward slash masterclass, You will then find the page where you can secure your spot and join me live. And I've done this a couple of times before and I love them and I always get such great feedback One of the things I love to do most is once I taught the content, I like to answer any questions that you've got. And I will stay on there as long as needed in order to get all your questions answered. And I love the teaching thing. It has great atmosphere. So nice to see so many of you there. So please do come along. It's going to be a great masterclass. I'm talking about how to convert people from prospects to customers and obviously we're talking social media and digital marketing and the process that I use in my business and the process that I teach. So I would love to see you there. Okay, today's episode is an episode that I am surprised I've not done until now because I know it's going to be a really popular episode because this is the one thing I get asked all the time. So today I'm going to be talking about how to get followers on social media. I know, honestly, such a big subject and one that everybody wants to know. But before I give you my tips on how you can do that, I want to cover off a few caveats and a few of my thoughts around this subject and perhaps why I haven't done this before because of these reasons. So let me start by saying, firstly, it's hard, okay? I am not gonna lie. I'm a very honest person. I like to be straightforward, honest and give you proper advice that is going to make sense. And I'm not into sort of saying to you, uh, you know, yeah, do this and you're going to get 20,000 followers tomorrow, if only. Because do you know what? If you could, if I did know, I'd be doing it for myself. So first off the most important thing you need to realize is this is not an easy task. It might have been in the past it might be easier on some platforms than others but I promise you this is not a easy thing to do. So do not be sat there thinking why have I not got 10,000 followers already because this is hard. The other thing I want you to think about is when you're looking at other people's accounts and you're like but they've got that many followers I want you to just have a quick look at how long they've been doing that platform, how long they've been posting, how often they're posting, because I promise you some of the reasons they've got those followers is because they've been doing this for a long time. But not only have they been on the platform for a long time, but they have been consistently posting. So take someone like Jenna Kutcher or Jasmine Starr just do me a quick favor and go and have a look at their Instagram accounts and have a look at how many actual posts they've done on Instagram. It's in the thousands. And then divide that by the number of days in a year and just realize how many years they've been going at this. So when I look at them and think, oh, why haven't I got their followers? I remind myself of those things and I want you to do the same. So during this, I don't want you to be thinking about other people and thinking I want to get to where they've got because they are on a different path they have different followers, they are doing different things. And another thing that you don't know is that they're not buying stuff. I'm adamant that Jasmine and Jenna aren't. Please don't think I'm saying that they are. But also some people, they do buy followers and you can buy followers very easily. Now, I have had clients that have done it in the past, much to my recommendation that they don't. And it almost has made me think, do you know what? I'm not sure if I can work with them because For me, there is a big thing about buying followers, but I have had clients do it and I have seen the effect it's had on their accounts. And I can promise you it's a false economy. So you might get that sudden influx of followers, but the first thing is they're not gonna be the right people. No matter how hard these companies tell you that they profile things and they go to your competitors and they they choose people with the right audience and that sort of thing, I promise you 99% of the time, that you will get the followers, but they're not going to be your customers. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that I have seen massive drops. So when a client has bought some followers, and like I said, I don't advocate it at all. In fact, I'm very fierce with my opinion of it, but I can't control what someone wants to do. And if they want to do that, that's up to them. But when they have, they've immediately, over the next coming days and weeks, seen a drop every single day. So, like, we'll be doing activity, natural organic activity that I'm going to be talking about today in order to help continue to grow their followers. But we are literally losing out on a daily basis because we might get an extra few followers, but they're losing, like, 20, 30 followers a day. So often those followers that come on board, they disappear And they might disappear for a few reasons. I can't be sure why, but it might be that Instagram or Facebook or Twitter realize they're fake accounts or they're not as legit accounts as they should be. So therefore, they might sort of close those accounts, they might block them, or it might be that people follow and then unfollow. So like I said, I'm not entirely sure of the reason, but for me, buying followers is an absolute no-no. The other thing I wanted to say about your followers before we go on to the actual content is I would much rather have 500 people follow me that loved me and wanted to see my content and wanted to engage with me than have 5,000 that were a bit like, nah, whatever. So honestly, I do I The reason I think I've held off doing this episode is because of the fact that I would rather talk to you about creating great content and building relationships and having conversations with people rather than let's just try and get as many followers as we can, because I don't think that is necessarily the, the best way to go about growing your business online. Like I said, I would much rather have a smaller but more engaged community than I would have a massive list. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not sat here saying that suddenly if 10,000 real people followed me tomorrow and they loved what I did, I wouldn't appreciate it because boy, would I. I'm just saying that for me, I would rather grow slower and more organically and know that those people want to be there than necessarily use some really kind of, I don't know, kind of strict ways in which to grow, which aren't necessarily going to get me the best followers. So I wanted to get those two things across. The other thing I wanted to mention before I go into some of the tools we use is there is no workaround for good content. So for instance, you could do all these activities in terms of getting followers and and do terrible content and it's not going to work. So this comes hand in hand with being consistent. I know that word is so irritating and I say it all the time, but honestly, it's so important being consistent and also um, creating content that people want to see and that add, adds value to your audience. So knowing your audience really well, creating that content that's going to interest them and being consistent. Honestly, those three things are so important you can do then the other activity on the side, which is the growing activity. But honestly, if you don't have those three things nailed down, you might get some followers, but one, they're not going to engage. And two, they then might unfollow you again. It happens a lot. It really irritates me. Don't get me wrong. One of the activities we do is we do clean up our accounts. So for instance, if someone has become dormant on one of the accounts or they're not tweeting or their account looks like it's spam, then we will unfollow accounts However, I don't just follow, unfollow, follow, unfollow in order to try and get followers. So I'm really not keen on that. And I know that lots of people do do that, but they are definitely going to do it if actually they followed you and realized this person doesn't post. And when they do post, it's not very relevant to me. So those three, those things are kind of your basis. They are like your foundations. If you don't have them, then doing this activity on top might help a little bit but it's not going to help as well as it could in the long run if you have those foundations in place. So those are my kind of slight warnings or caveats about this, because I am so fierce about, like I said, it's not about the numbers. It's not about the number of followers. And I really don't want you to think I'm sat here saying you need more followers because I'm not. But I do know that lots of you are going to be interested in how you can get more followers. So I'm going to cover off the main three platforms. I'm going to cover off Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Now, there's a few things that apply to all three, which I'm going to go through first. So the first thing that you can do is, above those three things I've already told you, is tell people you're on these platforms. It may sound the most stupid thing ever and the most basic, but when was the last time or when did you last put something to say, I'm here, go and follow me? So for instance, um, we probably all have links on our website, but they're probably all small links like at some point of our site at the top or the bottom or the corner or whatever. But honestly, on blog posts, on podcasts, I want you to go follow me on Instagram. I love Instagram. I'm posting amazing things from Nashville and I constantly post good things on stories. I love it. I love speaking to people. I love seeing other people share their stuff. So I am telling you now on my podcast, I would like you to go and follow me. So again, how often are you doing that? How often are you saying to people, look, I am here, here, here but I tend to tell you which is my favorite. So my two favorites actually are Instagram and Twitter. That's where I am most, but probably most often on Instagram. So tell people, put it on your blog post, put it on your email signature, put it on your email that you send out if you do a weekly newsletter email and don't just put it as a link at the bottom, put it right at the beginning. Say, I've just posted something amazing on one of, you know, whatever social platform you're trying to promote and tell them to go see it when you go to, let's say you do networking or you go where you do like a 60 seconds, say, do you know what? I put great content out on social media. Come and follow me. This is my name on social media. So I want you to talk about it everywhere. Like I said, try and give it more prominent position in your email signature, on your website, on your content that you're putting out, or even things like, and I don't have business cards anymore, but even if you have business cards, put all your social links on there as well. So literally talk about it everywhere that you're on social media and tell people what platforms they can find you on and what is the most active and where they'll get the most content or most value. Another place that I often talk about my social media is on the thank you pages. So if you go and sign up to one of my freebies that I have, and I have three freebies out at the moment, so you can find them on my website. One is all about your webinar blueprint. One is about a perfect sales page. And one is about getting more people on your email list. On the thank you pages of those three things are normally social share buttons, but also click here to go and find me on those platforms. So again, literally everywhere you can think of, anywhere where you market yourself, tell them. And be a bit more inventive. Don't just put the icons. Give them a reason to go and find you on those platforms. Okay, two more quick points before I go on to the individual platforms themselves. Firstly, I'm sorry to tell you, all this that I'm going to tell you is based around work and activity. So this is not a get followers quick and easy. This is definitely going to be some work. You're definitely going to have to put some time in, but it will pay off if you do. It just takes time. So unfortunately, I'm not going to sit here and go press this magic button that they've hidden in Facebook and suddenly you get an extra 20,000 likes. Unfortunately, that's not the case. Again, if it was, I'd have done it already. So it's definitely going to take some work. So I'm sorry about that. And the second thing I want to mention, which actually is important on all the platforms, is because a lot of what I'm gonna talk about is interaction and having conversations with your prospective audience, one thing I want you to think about is where did they hang out? Who did they follow on social media? Because this is gonna be really important. I want you to think about businesses that complement your business, where your customers are going to be hanging out. So for instance, If you are a wedding planner, or let's say you're a wedding florist, you might want to think about wedding venues or wedding photographers because your customers are going to be there because they're going to be following them because of the same reason. So I want you to think about and maybe write a list of all the people who complement your business or people or pages where your customers might be. And they might not be anything related to what you do. It might be that actually your perfect audience just happens to really like that thing or follow those types of pages. So just try and think about who is your most perfect customer And where would they be? What pages would they like? What things are they going to be looking at on social media? Because this is really going to help with all three of the platforms we're talking about today. So let's start with the hardest, Facebook. Now I have said all of them are hard and they are, but Facebook really is one of the hardest platforms because doing proactive interaction on Facebook is difficult It's not that sort of platform and also if you're a business page, which you should be if you're running a business through Facebook, then pages can only really talk to other pages. They can't reach out to other people. So if you are trying to speak to individuals, that can get really tricky unless that is that they've spoken to your page first. So pages can interact with pages, not necessarily profiles. So that's the first problem. But also, like I said, there isn't that much proactive two-way conversation. The most two-way conversation I should imagine you're getting at the moment is if someone comments on one of your posts that you can then reply to them. Or if someone DMs you, you can then reply to them. But you can't do much unless they come to you first, which is why it makes it particularly difficult to get followers on this platform. Now, one of the easiest things you can do is advertise. Now, I'm not a big fan of advertising just for likes, because the organic reach is so low anyway. Quite honestly, if I'm going to spend money on Facebook, I would rather spend it on something that's going to get me a better result. So for instance, the masterclass I talked about at the beginning of this week's podcast, I will be doing advertising to get people onto that masterclass, because obviously I want as many of you to see it and be on as possible. So that's the first thing. I would necessarily think about doing a like campaign to get likes if I'd started a new page and every so often it doesn't hurt but for me the money per like is not worth me doing it so I would rather not do that but that is one option. Another option is when someone interacts with any of your posts you might have noticed that when you look at the people who've liked to post it will say invite them to this page. Or sometimes in your notifications, it'll say, so-and-so just liked your page or liked your picture and um, invite them to the page to get them to see more of your stuff. And you can then literally click a button that says invite and it will invite them. Of course, the other thing you can do is you can ask your own friends to like your page as well. Now I'm in two minds about this because I've made this mistake. I have lots of friends and they very kindly like my page for me. However, the problem is if I try and create a lookalike audience based on the people who like my, my page, there's a lot of people in there that aren't my customers because my sister's in there and my auntie's in there and I don't think my mum's in there. I don't think she knows how to like a page. But anyway, you know, you've got people in there that aren't your customers because they're being kind and liking your page. So you might, depending on your objective, if your objective is to just get more page likes, you might want to then ask them to like the page, which again, you can do normally on a desktop, it's on the right hand side and it'll say invite friends to like the page. The other thing that you can do, which is a little bit different, but it can be very effective goes back to the fact that I talked about knowing where your customers hang out is you can go and like other pages from your page. Now, this has been hidden as in it was not as obvious it has been in the past last few years. But basically on a desktop on the right hand side, there should be a box as you scroll down says see pages feed. I'll say that again, see pages feed. If you click on that any pages that your page likes, so not you personally, but your page, their feed will show up there. But if you haven't liked any pages from your page, because you didn't know that existed, then what you might want to do is go up to the top of that. When you click see pages feed, at the top, it will say like pages or something like that. And if you click that, you'll be able to type in the name of the page you want to like, And click like, and it will basically then your page will like that page and they might be notified. So that's quite a good thing. The other thing you can do is obviously in that feed, you can then like and comment as your page. So as you're going through, if you see something, and this is something I recommend that let's say, for instance, you are a wedding florist and you're following a page of a wedding photographer and they've taken an amazing picture. I would comment as the florist saying, what an amazing picture, that's a beautiful lighting or that's a great dress or that's a perfect location or whatever it might be. You're not selling yourself. You're not using their page to sell you. You are merely putting yourself out there and commenting and discussing and having a nice conversation. But what it is doing is anybody else looking at their account and looking at that post might see your logo, your name and your comments, which means, and it is subtle and I get it. So it's something that maybe, you know, for half an hour a week, you might want to go and do this. But basically you're just trying to reach out to these other people and trying to get yourself on other people's pages so that you can be seen. Now, no one is going to ever mind you commenting and liking and talking about things about their post as long as you're not selling yourself, as long as you're not obviously using their account and their post in order to promote yourself. So if I was going to do this, I would be very, just like I'm having a chat and I would properly respond to that post in a nice way. I'd be saying, like I said, great photo, love the light, that's brilliant, whatever it is. So be really careful not to be using it and trying to sell yourself. That's not the idea. It's much more subtle than that. Like I said, I would probably put this activity in your diary to do maybe once a week or something like that. Also, if you're in your main feed as you're going through as yourself personally, and you happen to see something from another page that you think, oh, that's cool, actually, my page should comment on it. You will see that on the right hand side where you've got all the share and like and comment buttons, you'll have a little tiny logo of your profile If you click that, you'll be able to change it to your page. And then suddenly your like and your comments will be from your page, not from you personally. So again, that's another thing I'd think about doing. But like I said, Facebook is tricky. It's not an easy one to do, but there are a couple of things that you can do and definitely do a bit more proactive stuff than maybe you have been doing. Okay, let's talk about Instagram and Twitter. And I kind of feel that they're very similar in terms of the kind of activity I would do is very similar on both because the thing that both Twitter and Instagram are amazing for is the ability to reach out and have a conversation with someone. It's a much more proactive platform. It's much more of a two-way conversation type platform. So I'm almost going to lump these in together, but obviously you'll see there's a few tiny differences. So again, let's go back to the fact of where are your customers hanging out? What pages are they following? What accounts do they go and check? So for instance, from a social media point of view, if I'm trying to get hold of social media managers, then I might go and check out Social Media Examiner and I might want to comment on some of Social Media Examiner's posts. So it's the same principle as what we've just talked about with Facebook, but it's way, way easier. So what you would do is the first thing I would do is have this list and I would go and follow all those pages. I would then put them in a list of maybe a private list if it was on Twitter just so that you can keep them in one space and you know who you're talking to or you know places to go and check. So I would definitely think about doing that and then do the same thing as I talked about on Facebook. Go and comment and like and retweet their stuff. So the more that you do that, the more that you're going to appear in their feed potentially, but also you're going to be seen by them. The other big difference on both Twitter and Instagram is you can go to individuals directly, which you can't do on Facebook. So not only do I want you to do it on businesses that are complimenting you or businesses where you are showing up and comment on some of their pictures and comment on their tweets and retweet them. But also, I want you to think about what are the hashtags that your customers are using and think about the followers that these pages have. Because one thing you're also going to be able to see is who is following that page. So let me just go back a bit here because I feel like I chucked a load of things in there. So let's talk about the hashtags first. So think about the hashtags that your customers are using. So for instance, one of the hashtags I might use in my posts on Instagram is mompreneur. Now, this isn't a word I would naturally use, or I would naturally hashtag for myself. However, I know that some of my customers and some of my audience would use the hashtag mompreneur. So what I might want to do if I'm trying to grow my account on Instagram is I might search Mompreneur, and then I might go and like and comment on some of those pictures. I also might follow some of those accounts. So I might do that a couple of times a week, and I might choose different hashtags. So don't think about the hashtags of you and your product. So for instance, if you're a social media manager and you work with small businesses, Don't search on hashtag social media manager because I promise you the only people you're going to find is social media managers. So what I would hashtag is small biz or handmade biz or home work from home or something like that. So think about the stuff that they're using and then go and search for those hashtags and like and comment and retweet and interact with them. Again, no selling, no promoting yourself. Just start paying an interest The other thing, if I am gonna comment on people's posts, I make sure it's obvious I'm not a robot. One thing Instagram has a huge amount of is comments that come in that are basically robot comments, best post ever, or I can't even think now, but they'll just chuck some emojis in. So if I'm going to write a comment, I will write a number of words. You should at least write over three words so they know it's not a robot. And also I will comment on something very specific about the picture. And I'll chuck an emoji in and I might pick that emoji that is relevant to the picture. So in fact, I did it the other week and I can't remember. I'm sure I talked about it on on the podcast where someone had talked about, I don't know, let's say they talked about a veg or a fruit or something like that. And the picture was something to do with that. So I then put that emoji in with my comment because it's so obvious that's not a robot and that's a human being. Now, again, this takes time. It takes a bit of work. This isn't a two-minute job. So I tend to, again, schedule a bit of time or the team do for sure. I don't do these things so much on my accounts. This purely comes down to time. I wish I could put more into it. But anyway, if I was going to do this, I would put half an hour every other day and I would choose a different hashtag every time I do it so that's one way and you can do that both on Twitter and Instagram the other thing that like I said you can do is you can see who's following what pages and that's definitely a good place to start now I once heard someone give a really good tip actually about this that rather than just going in and following the people that are following your competitor or your complimentary business. So again, let's go back to that, that photographer, wedding photographer and a wedding florist. So let's say I'm the wedding florist. I go and find a wedding photographer and I think, great, I'll follow his followers because obviously they're interested in what he does. So they might be interested in what I do. So I might go and follow a few people. Don't do loads, especially on Instagram because they will block you because they don't like you following too many people in too much of a quick succession. So be really careful. So like I said, I would do like 10 a day or something. So I would go there and I would start following some of their followers. But as we all know, there are so many spam accounts. There are so many people on there that don't tend to, they're not real accounts or they're not kind of really interacting on Instagram or Twitter. So I would look at the people who are commenting on their pictures and I would look at the people who are liking tweets or retweeting tweets, and I would follow those followers. So I wouldn't just literally randomly pick their followers, I would look at the followers who are are interacting, the ones who are having a conversation, who are saying things about their post, because they're definitely more real and more engaged followers, and hopefully they'll do the same for you. And of course, the other thing that helps is if you follow people, people will follow you. So in the early days, I followed people on Twitter all the time but again I was really strategic about okay are you in the right industry are you following other people like me do I think my content is going to add value to you and I would go and follow them and I would interact with them and it took time like I said this wasn't an easy task but I was able to build my Twitter because of it. So think about that interaction think about the different ways in which you can find your audience members through existing businesses where they compliment you or your customers will show up on their account or directly to those people by looking at who uh, sorry what hashtags they're using and whether those hashtags are relevant to your audience. Of course another thing as I've said is make sure that you're being consistent make sure you're putting good stuff on there Also things like your bios are really well filled in, your profile pictures are good because we all know if we get a follow from someone who hasn't got a good profile picture or no profile picture at all, the chances of me following them back are slim if they don't have a cover photo, if they haven't filled in their bio. So really simple stuff, but make sure you're putting all those things in in order to maximize the opportunity you've got for people to come and follow you back. One thing I am absolutely not a fan of is people saying, hey, follow me. It's awful. So I've had loads of people DM me saying, I've just followed you, follow me back. And I'm like, no, I'm sorry. But if you ask me, I'm not going to. The same if you comment on a picture saying you might want to follow my account, because again, that doesn't sound great. Hopefully if I interact and you like me and we have a conversation and you look at my account and you want to follow me, brilliant. But if you don't want to follow me, then that's cool. I want people who are interested. So please try and keep that always in front of your mind that even though we can do these things to try and get followers and to try and increase our account, I do really want you to go for quality over quantity. So one last tip before I go. If you have a particularly good account, i e one of your platforms have got lots of followers, why not say on other platforms that you're on other platforms? Does that make sense? So for instance, why not put a post on Twitter saying, hey, did you know I'm on Instagram all the time? Come and find me over on Instagram. So why not try and uh, sort of cross pollinate? Uh, does that even make sense? Your audience members. So if they're following you in one place, they might come and follow you in another. But again, I would think about what content are you putting out there? So for instance, my Instagram is very different from any other platform that I have. So I know if you're following me on Twitter, you're going to get a very different feed if you follow me on Instagram. And therefore, I would happily recommend you follow me on both. If I was checking out exactly the same content on every platform at the same time every day, then kind of what would be the point? So just think about that if you are going to ask other people, i.e. your Twitter followers to come and follow you on another platform. Okay, that is it from me today. The gin and tonics and Broadway are calling, although I have a lot more work to do before we go. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you've got any tips, and I really would love to hear them in terms of how you've got followers, please do let me know. I share stuff with my audience, like I said, through podcasts, through my email, through stuff on my site, my social media. So I am all about the sharing and all about getting us all into a better position and growing our businesses. So if you've got any great tips and you want to share them with me for me to share with my audience, I would love you to do that. Do please go check out that masterclass. It's going to be really cool. I'm very excited about it. I honestly, I am buzzing after I've done them. I find the energy I get from them really, really good. I give away lots of good content because I don't want you to waste your time. And I know your time is very valuable. So please do go check that out forward slash masterclass and come and join me on the 18th of July. Have an amazing week and I will see you here again next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast and if you enjoyed this episode then I would love it so very much if you were happy enough to head over to iTunes and give me a review.